Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both. Two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Friends, as we come to the conclusion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount this week, we are faced with a pathway that diverges, what Dietrich Bonhoeffer has called the Great Divide. And we cannot travel both these pathways. We must choose. We must choose whether or not we are going to follow Jesus down the narrow way or whether we're going to walk down the well-traveled Broadway. The temptation of the Broadway is, well, it's relatively easygoing. But the road less traveled by, the road that leads to life, is a rugged road and a difficult road. And this is the choice that Jesus is putting before us. Will you choose today to follow the broad way, the easy way, the way of being a fan of Jesus? Or will you choose the rugged way, the difficult way, the narrow way, the way of following Jesus? That is the choice that Jesus puts before us today. And that's the question we're being asked. Which way will you go? As we conclude the Sermon on the Mount series, I pray and I hope that together, all of us will choose that rugged way, the way of following Jesus into the world so that our neighbors can begin to experience the goodness of God. Gracious and living God, thank you for these words in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Thank you for the blessing it has been to consider the words of the Son of God. And we pray that today, as we listen again to you speak words of life to us, Jesus, that these words would not be mere words, but that they would be words that lead to transformed hearts, renewed minds, and as we're going to see today, empowered bodies to follow Jesus, to do what he says. Would you grant this gift of grace to us, Lord, the courage and strength to follow you and to do what you say? We trust you, Jesus. We love you. Guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus makes himself the central issue here in his closing remarks for his Sermon on the Mount. Note the pronouns, the personal pronouns, I, me, and my, in verses 21, 22, and 23. It's all about Jesus. And you know, we probably shouldn't be surprised that Jesus makes his sermon all about a person and not about a set of principles or a program or some kind of policy. 
It's all about the person of Jesus. And to illustrate this, Jesus paints us four different pictures using uh, two gates, two roads, two trees, two different kinds of sheep, a real one and a fake one, and two different kinds of houses. I'm going to talk mostly about these two different roads and these two different types of houses as we make our way through this passage. First of all, the gate is narrow that leads to the path of life. The gate is narrow and few find it because the gate is exclusive. You know, Jesus explains what he means by this a little bit later when he says, you know, I am the gate. All who enter by me will be saved and they will come in and go out and find pasture. And just in case we're not quite sure what Jesus means by these words, he gets very plain and simple even later. And he just comes out and says it. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. I think this is what Jesus means when he says the way that leads to life is narrow. The gate is narrow. I think the gate is also narrow because few find it. Few find the way. So many of us choose uh, the broad way because it's easier. And so few of us choose the narrow way because it's difficult. The gate is also narrow because so few find it. You know, so many of us choose the broad way and so few of us choose the narrow way because the broad way is just easier. Yet the narrow way, the hard way, that is actually the way that we were destined for. The road that we were designed to walk on. The Broadway seems easy, yeah, but the Broadway actually has been imposed upon us. That's why on the Broadway, there's so much roadkill. The Broadway is filled with anger, lustful stares, a lack of fidelity in marriage, falsehood, retaliation, retribution, lack of love and concern for enemies, pompous piety practiced in the public Anxiety when the pursuit of earthly treasures disappoints. You see, the Broadway actually kills us because it's just not natural for us. We were not designed for the Broadway. And when we discover the way of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, we discover a way that is actually natural for us. The way that we were designed to live. By the way, should we be surprised that the one who knit us together in our mother's womb knows a little bit about how it is we ought to live. You know, one of the reasons that the narrow way is hard is because it goes against the traffic. Because it goes against the traffic. You know, the narrow way is not some far off way way beyond the Broadway, up in the mountains somewhere. somewhere. The narrow way is actually right down the center turn lane of the Broadway, only the narrow way is going in the opposite direction of the Broadway. You see, Jesus is not calling us to be monks in the mountains. 
Jesus is calling us to be witnesses in the midst of the world, to be Christian practitioners in the public spaces among people. The way of the witness is the hard way, the narrow way, the rugged way of following Jesus. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father. Those who recognize Jesus as Lord and even do mighty acts in his name, they can find themselves in the midst of the broad way that leads to destruction rather than the narrow way that leads to life. Those who are impressed with themselves. I mean, listen to these guys. Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We, um, we prophesied and did all kinds of mighty deeds all in your name. These folks have chosen the broad way of prestige and power and praise, the praise of men. Jesus contrasts these sort of self-impressed miracle workers with those who do the will of the Father. And what is the will of the Father? Well, it's a lot less sensational than what the miracle workers were doing. It's a lot more simple. Things like casting out the demon of one's anger, the miracle of sexual purity and fidelity in marriage, or careful speech that does not misuse God's name or denigrate our neighbors. A heart that extends itself to persecutors and also to enemies. You see, the fruit that Jesus commands is not very flashy. Listen to Dr. Dale Bruner. He says, you know, we can become intoxicated by the power of Jesus and yet become hostile to his hard commands. The proof that we are his, the proof that we belong to Jesus, is not how he uses us, but how we respond to his word. What are you doing with Jesus' word? How have you responded to his commands? Is there fruit in your life? Think back to the Beatitudes the kind of fruit that looks like the Beatitudes. Is that beginning to blossom in your life? And I use that word beginning on purpose because we are not to feel down on ourselves because we have not yet reached perfection. The question is, is this fruit beginning to blossom? Is there movement in that direction? Is there a desire for right relatedness with God growing in your soul? Is there mercy that is bubbling forth? Is the trajectory in your mind toward purity? Have you begun to mourn that the world is not the way that it ought to be? Is there this kind of fruit blossoming in your life? Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. You know, wisdom is doing what Jesus says. Listening is an important first step in doing what Jesus says. After all, how can we do what he says if we haven't heard what he has said? 
But listening alone, without doing what he says, Jesus tells us that is foolishness. That is like building your house on the shakiest foundation imaginable. Dr. Bruner again. The house that crashes is the house of Christians who find Jesus' words important enough to listen to, but not realistic enough to follow. The house that endures the storms is the house that is built on the foundation of obedience. Let me tell you a parable. There was a man who was struggling with some chronic health issues. So he went to his doctor. She asked him a bunch of questions and did a number of diagnostic tests and they had some more conversation. And after a while, she came up with a health plan for him and she prescribed him a number of things. She said, here's what you need to do in order to begin feeling better. She said, you need to take two of these pills every day. You need to get eight hours of sleep every night. You need to walk one mile every day and drink one liter of water. You also need to eat at least three different kinds of vegetables every day. And by the way, sir, you must quit your daily habit of chili cheese Fritos. So he agreed, thought that that was a good plan and left the doctor's office hopeful that he would get better. On his way out, he stopped at the front desk to pay his bill, and he said to the receptionist, Wow, my doctor is amazing. She's the best doctor ever. She has the most wonderful bedside manner. She always seems to know what I need. I know she always has my best interests in mind. She's super intelligent. I literally think I have the best doctor in the world. The receptionist said, Yeah, I think you do. So he went home and went to bed that night and woke up the next morning and he took one pill. On his way to work, he realized he had forgot, forgotten his water bottle as he rushed out the door with his mug of coffee in one hand. His plan was to walk one mile during his lunch break, but since he spent so much time chit-chatting with his colleagues, he only had time to walk a half of a mile. That afternoon when he came to his uh, habitual reach for the chili cheese Frito bag, he remembered the doctor's prescription. And he thought to himself, surely it won't hurt just to have a few. And so he had a handful. About a week later, he was in the doctor's office for his follow-up. And the doctor asked him, well, how are you feeling? Not much better. Hmm, she said. That's strange. I would have thought that my prescription would have made you feel much better by now. Did you take the two pills every day that I told you to take? No, I only took one pill a day. Oh, how did getting enough sleep go? Well, I could only get seven hours of sleep a night. My life is really busy, you know. But you did quit those chili cheese Fritos like I told you to, right? Well... Sort of. I 
cut way back, I'm only eating a handful instead of a bag every day. Oh, but I told you to cut out the chili cheese Fritos entirely. I know. And your mile-long walks and three vegetables every day? How's that going? Well, I only had time to walk a half a mile every day, and I don't really like vegetables, so I'm finding that part really difficult. Sir, she said, do you doubt whether I'm actually telling you the truth about what you need to do to improve your health? Oh, no. I don't doubt that at all. I know that you are the best doctor in the land. I know. I overheard you telling my receptionist that last time you were in. If you think that I'm such a great doctor, why don't you trust me? Oh, I do trust you. Well then, do you want to get better? Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and we have a choice about which one of those roads we are to travel on. Will we choose the broad way, the easy way, the way of the fan club, or will we choose the narrow way, the difficult way, the rugged way of following Jesus? There is a great divide here, as Bonhoeffer has called it. We must make a choice. Which path will we follow? And the issue here is really, what are we going to do with Jesus? Do we believe that Jesus is good? Do we trust Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is in fact the Lord, the Lord of the cosmos? Do you believe that he has your best interests in mind, sort of like the doctor in my little parable? What are we going to do with Jesus? I think that Jesus is asking us the same question he was asking his disciples in Galilee 20 centuries ago. The same question he has been asking people ever since. And the question is this. What are you going to do with what I have said to you? That is the question Jesus is asking us. And I want to ask, do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to take the path less trodden? It is the way that leads to life. Oh, gracious and living God, I pray for us that you would give us the courage and all of the wherewithal through your spirit to recognize and choose the narrow path. Though it is more difficult, thank you that it is more natural, for you have designed, redeemed, and called us to this way. Give us the strength to follow your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons, or to subscribe, or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at cpchb.org.